0: You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with hosts Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you.
1: Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thank you for joining our conversation today. We're happy to have you here and we're I'm laughing because a lot and I've been talking about this topic and we're both just like I think we're feeling a little amped up <laughs> I'm feeling <laughs> I do feel worked up I do <laughs> that is so, so I cool. was gonna I was gonna start talking and I was like I'm feeling something in my chest I'm feeling a little amped up as I introduce our topic today Protective.
0: I feel protective
1: Protective. women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And rightly so. And I think I've said this so many times, but when we, when we address topics like this, where we know both the addict and the betrayer listening, I think that's when our bodyguards start to amp up a little bit. And today's one of those episodes. And I just, I don't know, I just feel like being a little bold today. And I just want to put it out there. Like, this is one of those topics where I'm a little hesitant to talk about knowing that we have the betrayer listening to us as well in these podcast episodes, because this is one of those topics, right, Alana, that can be used against the betrayed.
0: Yes. We're going to be talking a little bit about what some of the health thinking looks like. And if we have a partner who has betrayed who has added thinking or is still in the throes of infidelity or still in the beginning recovery of infidelity and their brain is just in a different place or their brain is just not help that they could take what we talk about today and just like you said, use it against the betrayed. And so disclaimer from the beginning, today is only for those who have been betrayed in a relationship. That's who we're speaking to today.
1: Yeah. And I really want to just hold space for that because I think a lot of you might be now going, well, so am I in that space or not? And I think that if you are repeatedly asking, well, let me just start off with the question. This came from a question from one of our listeners. Let me just read the question. So what happens if I ask for connection from my spouse and I don't get it? Is it a need or a want? Then if I ask repeatedly over time and still don't receive it, then what? How does this come into play as a recovering codependent or betrayal trauma? It's all so confusing. Yes, it is also confusing. And I just want to validate that. And when I read that immediately, my what stands out to me is I ask repeatedly over time and still don't receive, which tells me, Alana, what you're saying there, not healthy brain. Someone there is not doing the work in whatever way that she's repeatedly asking over time and not receiving it. And so I would venture to say, this is what you're talking about, that if you're dealing with someone like this, then What we're going to talk about today, wants and needs. I don't want to say not for you, but tread lightly, be cautious. So let's just address the part here where is
0: asking for a connection, a need or a want. Well, I know where you're going to go and what you're going to say. And I will just say connection is a very human need for everybody. Even the people who say like, I'm good on my own. I don't need connection. No, actually, like you are hardwired for connection. Even those who have spectrum disorders still need connection. We as humans were wired for connection and to be part of communities. And so first and foremost, it is a need. But I also know you're going to add to that with needs and wants from John Gottman, this concept that you're about to talk about, Amy, this is where I'm really, really concerned that what we're about to say could get twisted. So if we over-explain this, it's because we're trying to be protective of you.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, and just to the, address the needs and wants, I think both. Connection is both a need, like you were saying, and a want. And so I think some, just with that question, when I read like, is it a need or a want that either, or sometimes I think that we're making one better or worse. And I just <laughs> first want to address that, that, and that's what the Gottman's actually say is it doesn't matter. They're both valid and they're both part of a relationship and a
0: healthy relationship. And it's okay to have a need and a want. Okay. I love this because I think about like with budgeting, and I go to the store and I was raised by parents who would go, is that a need or a want? And I would yeah. be like, oh, it's a want. I don't get it. Right. And so all of these things that were wants meant that I can live without because it's just a want, but if it's a need, okay, now we can talk about it. So almost this, like, okay, I want connection. If it's just a want, well, then I need to self-sacrifice in this area because it's just a want. So what you're saying, and this comes from John Gottman, is that needs and wants are both valid and we need to recognize both. Oh,
1: yeah. They say when they were posed the question, is there a difference between wants and needs? And they say in their book, it doesn't matter. And they talk about how we have this misconception that wants like you're saying, are not as valid as needs. And that a want is more selfish or greedy versus a need, maybe it looks a little bit better and wholesome. And that's just so not, it's just so not true. And I think I also want to just hold space for what you were talking about, how we grew up and the messaging that we got. And I think that again, we're taught that even needs are bad, that needs are a weakness, that if our needs get met, then we as women um, are too needy. Like if I have a need, I'm needy. That's what women are taught. Men are taught that you should be tough and strong and not have a need. Mm -hmm. And also these cultural messages are just, I think, and I agree with the Gottman's here rooted in this, what's acceptable as masculine and feminine. And I just, I think that's a really fascinating thing to acknowledge. And I love acknowledging that. I think the feminist in me is like, yes, thank you. I am not this needy, weak little woman because I say, I need you to help me today. Here's what I need today. And my husband isn't weak or less strong or masculine because he is needing me to emotionally support him. So
0: all of and that. This like, is
1: where it yes. gets. Tricky.
0: Yes. This like, is I'm where like, it's
1: like, ah
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So everything that you just said is totally true. And when we have somebody who is in a sexual addiction or any type of addictive behavior who right now is not running off of a healthy brain. Or abusive, abusive, destructive behaviors happening. Absolutely then they hear that. And well, I need sex every day. Well, I need this. Well, I need you to show up in these ways. I need to come home to a clean house. I need you to drop everything. When I come home, I need you. I right. I, or I like, I want sex multiple times a day. I want to have this. I shouldn't use that tone because it sounds demeaning. I'm not trying to be demeaning. I feel so passionately about this, but it goes through a very selfish lens and then all of a sudden, my fear is that you will hear this and then you'll start going, oh, well, my husband has wants and needs. So I need to start showing up for him in this way, and this way, in this way, in all of these ways. And so I want to just make it clear that the Gottmans are not writing specifically for betrayal trauma. They are writing for creating healthy relationships. And so again, like what we are talking about for you as the woman who has been betrayed, because that's our kind of specific audience, for you, the woman who has been betrayed, that we are trying to help you move away from taking wants and needs and throwing them out and self-sacrificing to the point of losing yourself and that you are discounting what, you're, what is happening within you and your experience. That's what we are trying to speak to right now. So this isn't, you need to show up for your husband in all of these ways. Now you need to fill his cup because there's this thing in psychology for a lot of years, there was this idea of, and it's still prevalent is this idea of you need to fulfill my need. Like I have all of these needs. I'm going to write them down on a list and I'm going to hand them to you. And now it is your job to fulfill my needs. And if you don't fulfill my needs, then I'm going to go find someone else who can fulfill my needs. The reality is our needs and our wants are usually, they are, more than one person can do. Mm -hmm. That's not our partner's responsibility. We're not going and laying it on them. And it's going to say, but, and we do need to know what our wants and needs are. And it is absolutely healthy to express those and to share those and to know that your partner cannot do everything for you. And so there's this big piece of not giving our power away to someone else, owning our truth and owning what is, but also not giving that to someone else. So I feel like it's a really fine line that we have to navigate.
1: It's a really fine line because, okay. And here's where, let's just break it down. I will have clients write out their needs. I'll say, what do you need? And one of the reasons why I do this is because of what I think the Gautam's were talking about, which I completely agree with, is that we get this idea as women that we don't have needs, or you've been in this destructive, abusive, addictive, unhealthy relationship for long that you don't know what the hell you need. And so it is so important to start writing the list of here's what I need. And like you said, and how can I meet my own needs? And that's where like, I don't know, we're like going all over these lines, but. When we start doing this healing work, you know how we talk a lot about, we got to separate here. We're not doing relational stuff. This is where that falls into in my mind is what are your needs? How can you fulfill your needs? Who's safe? And I'll tell my clients this, who is safe in your life that you can ask for help? Because to your point, it's not just one person and you can't always fulfill those needs. So you do need to ask for help. And that isn't always your partner. You might need other people. I mean, I just marcoed you this morning (laughs) because I was thanking you for meeting a need (laughs) that I have. Like, we have other people in our life to do this. I want to (laughs) what?
0: I have this massive like aha of like, I okay. Here's Alana is one of my massive character defaults. Want my husband to fulfill every need. I want him to be my person right? We have this idea of like, okay, you're my person now. So you get to be my best friend. You get to be my lover. You get to be my confidant. You get to be my therapist. You get to be my and Right. And I do that. Like I put all of these things on him and really like, ironically, socially, I really struggle like going out and doing social things with people. I enjoy it. I like it, but unless you're like one of my really close people, it takes a lot out of me to do it because I'm an introvert. And so it's just easier for me if it just all is my partner. Like if Luke is everything, it's just so much easier. But then that actually becomes really toxic for me as an individual. And it becomes toxic for our relationship. Anyway, I'm getting totally off because I just had this massive like aha about myself that I totally do this. And when he's unavailable emotionally, Because everything has gone towards him and he has to fill this when he's not there or can't fulfill it. Holy cow, does that rock my world way more than when I am more balanced in my life with me owning my needs and also sharing those needs among multiple people in my community.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think it's off at all because it's what I was saying. And I mean, (laughs) I'll just put it out there and be vulnerable with what happened. Scott wasn't emotionally available for me in a way that I wanted him to be like you're saying. And so that's when I was like, oh, and you meet that need for me. And I was thinking you because you do that and, and we do that for each other. And I love that because that's what we're talking about here is that I, as an independent woman know that when he isn't available, I have created other people in my life to fulfill that need. And that's healthy. I think when we're really talking about this, and I want to go back to your disclaimer that you posed in the very beginning. In all reality, as I'm I'm hearing us have this conversation, uh, which I love when it's just so super raw and just real, I want to help you listeners understand what healthy looks like. Yes. And let's just start there because you and you alone are the only one that can decide what is healthy and not for you. I can't sit here and tell you What is, I mean, I can offer you thoughts about what I think is destructive, but you're the only one that's really going to know that. So this listener who even wrote this question in, like what I really want to ask is if you ask your partner over and over for connection and you don't get it, I want to know why you aren't. Is he choosing not to? Does he know how? And if he does know how, is he actively getting help to learn how? And when you repeatedly ask for it and you don't get it, what is that telling you? So I want to put this back on the listeners. Like, I want to show you what healthy looks like, that needs and wants are okay. One's not better or worse than the other. You get to have a need and you get to request. I think that's an appropriate word to use, Mm -hmm. request a need from your partner. I don't care what it is. And yes, that means request sex. Can I have sexual intimacy? You can request that. That's you though, are the only one that has to decide. And this is your work. Is my relationship safe to make a request? Because when we talk about boundaries, what comes before that is a request. And when it's not safe enough to make a request and when those healthy requests are repeatedly denied, which is what I'm gathering from this question, Sounds like it's not safe.
0: Well, and for those who have listened to us a long time, know what safe means, but we're talking about that emotional safety. Yes. And some relationships, it's not safe to share requests because they're going to use that against you. They're going to hurt you with it. They're going to flip it on you.
1: Like you were saying, well, you don't meet my needs. That's not a healthy way to show up. If that's what's happening when you requested. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because for a lot of years, I would make requests to Luke and he would say, okay, sure. Okay, sure. Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, sure. And then he would still go do whatever he wanted. And I would get so caught up in wanting to hear the words of, okay, sure. Every time for years, this was our pattern. And I go, oh, okay, good. He, he heard me. He's going to do my need or, or my request. He's going to fulfill that request. And then he wouldn't. And I had to get real with myself and see what our patterns were. And I had to look at these patterns. And it's interesting because I have some clients who get really stuck around, okay, I can make all the requests in the world and he's not going to do anything. So now like I'm stuck, like I have no, and this right here, Amy, I think we have to speak to. Yes. Yes. Because. Where our brain goes, okay, I took action. My action is I voiced the request. Like I determined it was safe or safe enough for me to make a request. Mm -hmm. So I did my part. I made my request. Now they won't do it. Therefore I'm screwed. I'm stuck. So can you please speak to that place? Because I, I know so many women who have gotten stuck in this place.
1: Well, what, yes. And what comes to mind is the part of the question where she brings up codependency. And I think that for me, I know there's so many books out there on codependency, but for me, codependent is, and I'm going to go back to the example of what really happened to us this morning is if I crumble to the floor, when Scott isn't emotionally available for
0: me, I'm codependent. There's so many different definitions of codependency. I know. That's why I'm saying
1: this is my definition. If yeah. I crumble to the floor and lose that sense of power and empowerment i'm helpless i'm victim i can't
0: right so you're saying i don't have a sense of my own self so i can't stand um i'm not differentiated from him i can't stand on my own two feet and be independent and therefore i can't be interdependent right i am now
1: show up for me
0: yep i'm now codependent of I can't function unless you're okay. And I'm okay. and and right. Okay. So where she says she's a recovering codependent. What mm-hmm. I hear in that is she's saying, I'm trying to differentiate myself. I'm trying to be my own person. I'm trying to still be okay. Even when they're not okay. Yes. And so what I hear in that too, is I hear a woman who is doing her work. Yeah. She is trying to stand on her own two feet as a healthy differentiated adult side note. Healthy, differentiated adults can engage in relationships much deeper and better and healthier because they can be independent, which again, allows them to be interdependent. Yes. So, yes. So she's doing her work. She's stepping away from this, but I also hear there might be still some of these polls in where she says recovering, right? I'm not recovered. I, I don't have this all together but there have been some dynamics and some patterns again we have to know our patterns some patterns of me trying to make sure he's happy that's what i hear in that
1: yeah and i also think that the piece of well is it a want or a need i think there's some self doubt there and this idea and i love when we get questions cuz we we're just like we don't have the person here in front of us to dig in so the person who wrote this is probably like you're totally off <laughs> But I would love to know, because as I'm reading the question too, based on what you just said there, I'm picking up on a, is it a want or a need? Like maybe I'm asking too much, maybe well,
0: yeah. like a self, like I'm, I need to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to set aside all of my stuff to make sure you're okay. Old patterns. Hopefully yeah. you we're stepped out of this now, but still, like you said, that doubt yeah. that comes in around, okay, but do I get to hold space? Like, do I get to have these wants and needs? And yes, flat yeah. out, you and absolutely I think, do.
1: Yeah, and I think that's coming from this place of when she said, I'm continually asking and requesting over and over and over, and it's not being met. And I think that's the biggest, I mean, as soon as I read that first sentence, I was like, oh, well, right? Like that right there is the telling piece. And, and then when we don't, like you were saying earlier, when we don't have that person show up, and I don't know if he's saying he will, or doing the work or whatever, but either way, feet aren't lining up actions, not happening. Notice it's the self-doubt of, is it a want? Is it a need? Am I asking too much? Is this, and I'm trying not to be codependent, but maybe I am. And I'm trying, you know, so now we go into this, what am I doing wrong that he's not meeting my
0: need? And I know she didn't say that, but that's what I see a lot. I feel like this comes back to, we really have to get clear for ourselves again, like where we stand. Yeah. I had a client and the homework was we were going to really look at what do I need to thrive as a woman? And she came back the next session and she said, I don't even know where to begin with this question because I don't. I don't even know what I like. Like, I don't know what I like. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what my hobbies are. And I was like, oh, okay, totally. I went too fast here. So we had to do this like rewind and it's like, okay, new homework side note. A lot of times trauma makes you lose the sense of self and the sense of who you are. That's very normal and very common. And so you might need to take some time and really get to know yourself first who am I? What do I like? What's my favorite color? What did When I was little, what did I want to be when I grew up? What made me happy? What hobbies did I like when I was little? What hobbies would I love to do today if I had all the time in the world and all of the energy in the world? And get to know yourself first. And then as you're doing this self-exploring, then start to figure out what do I need to do to thrive? And I love this question because thrive is not Survive. Thrive is not just keep dragging my feet. It's what type of environment do I really need to thrive and get clear with that? Because that's going to allow you then to learn how to have a voice and stand up for yourself and speak your needs and take up space. Yes.
1: I love that. Well, and what you're saying just screams vulnerability and real healthy intimacy. And if you don't know, it's that into me, see, if you don't know your knees, who you are, what you like, I love what you said there. This is what I'll do with my young single adults in the course is what do you, do you like to watch sports? Because if you're dating a guy who likes sports and you're sitting on that dang couch, pretending to like sports, you really think you're going to get married and sit on that couch and watch sports. No, you're going to be in the kitchen doing dishes, mad at him that he's sitting watching sports. <laughs> I want you to know what you like and don't like and feel free to say, I don't like this or this is what I like, this is who I am. I think that's so important. And the same goes with needs and wants. You have to know that for yourself first. And when we're talking about intimacy and connection, vulnerability, it's sharing that with a partner. Okay, yeah. And that's where it gets so hard because if it's not safe, if the partner isn't showing up with the same level of vulnerability and honesty and transparency, then your needs aren't going to be met.
0: It's not going to be a healthy connection. And how many times I'll speak to myself, but how many times as women have we like dropped hints and tried to like make them see, but not actually say it or been yeah. like, oh, why doesn't he get it? I've said this like in the past and A lot of healthy relational work requires a level of assertiveness. And when I was deep in- Say that again. (laughs) Healthy emotional work requires a level of assertiveness. Now, assertive does not equal aggressive. So many women take assertive as aggressive and they're not.
1: And men take it as bitchy.
0: Yes, yes. But assertiveness is really healthy. In Carol Jorgensen Sheets' book, her workbook, Is it empowerment after betrayal? I can't remember the name of her book. Carol Jorgensen Sheets has a workbook and I'll pull a lot of stuff out of my groups out of this workbook. But she has a section where she teaches women on how to be assertive, how to have a voice. Because a lot of times we've already had these relational dynamics where we have quieted our voice for so long or shut it down or had that shut down or it wasn't safe. And so learning how to start building in that assertiveness, along with the vulnerability, along with healthy intimacy, along with all of the other millions of things we're working on. I know. So if you're in this place and you're new raw trauma and you're going, what, like, I can't even wrap my head around it. That's okay. You're not here yet, but If you're constantly dropping hints or trying to make them see or hoping, oh my gosh, the hope of hoping that they will get it and that they'll just see your pain and that they'll just start doing these things. That's not based in reality. No reality is, as part of our healing needs to learn how to start tapping into assertiveness.
1: Yeah. And if you're in that raw place, if you're in that, ah, this is overwhelming. Can you? Let me just give you something to do. And that is make a list of your needs and validate those for yourself. This is your list for you, only you, your eyes only. And I want you to write those out and notice the emotions that come up when you write out a need. Do you feel guilty, shame? Do you feel sad? Do you feel like, oh, that's too much? I shouldn't need that. Because a lot of times when your needs have been ignored, Early in life, you might have been taught that you aren't worth having your needs met or you're weak if you do. So, when you write those needs down, I want you to this is your internal self work care that has to be done. And so, and then validate that like, yeah, I want that. That's a need and a want, and it's okay. And that's where I will always just keep preaching. If you're not doing one on one work, please find someone to work with when you write that list and you notice ooh yeah there's some guilt and shame showing up there's some emotions here and then you can move to how can you meet those needs yourself as a healthy independent woman and who might be safe when your partner isn't to help you meet those needs what can you do
0: and i just think that's a great place to start if you are in the raw stuff totally and if you have a partner who can show up and desires to support you in those needs and wants, that's wonderful. And even that takes some vulnerability of letting them in and sharing that and sharing some of that load. So again, going from independent, right? As a child, we have our parents where we're totally dependent on them. And then there starts to become the shift where we become more and more and more independent. And we need to be wholly independent to be able to move into relationships in that really beautiful interdependent way. And so if we need to pull back to reestablish the independence to allow you to better then make room for that interdependence. So I just, and this is, again, I'm speaking to women who are further along, who are having enough safety and ready to let them. Mm -hmm. So I became very independent and I was like, Nope, you don't need to do that. Nope. You don't need to do that. Nope. I can do it. I got 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 it. <laughs> and I'm really good. And the <laughs> truth is I can do a lot, mm-hmm. but that also doesn't allow my relationship to thrive. Now I'm talking relationally. And so when there was enough safety, there was a leaning in to then letting them, be letting me be dependent on certain things with them mm-hmm. and letting that dependency in a healthy way be there yeah. and letting them be dependent on me and us sharing back and forth. And that yeah. is what a healthy relationship is. A healthy relationship is I can stand independent and we are interdependent together and he yeah. supports my needs and I support his needs. And we have this partnership Mm -hmm. but to get from our level of the betrayal and the destruction and all of the unhealthy thinking that came through years of acting out behavior to get from that to the really leaning in this equal partnership was, and still is, was a really long journey. Yeah. And it's, and it's my healthy couples today still have to work on all of these skills. There is no arrival. There is no, our relationships get to this place. And now we are just good and safe and secure. And we have all the connection in the world. No, there's always going to be periods of disconnection and periods of connection. And even like, in like me and Amy's relationship, Amy is like my best friend on the whole wide world who I can turn to for anything. There's times where Amy and I, like, I feel super connected and then there's other times where we feel really disconnected and we have to put in the time to build that relationship again. And so which means going to the beach. <laughs> yeah. And the, the reason I bring this piece up is there's just so much of that fantasy of like yeah. getting to this arrival point and yeah. I'm sorry, but there is no arrival point. So I just no. we need to throw that in the trash.
1: No, we have to. And what's coming to my mind as you're talking is the. I'll use with my clients, like the, well, you've on here, heard me talk about your bubble, right? So if you were to like draw a circle, that's your bubble, draw another circle. That's his bubble. We have to make sure those individual bubbles are healthy first. Okay. That we're in control of what we have control over and we're doing the nourishing and all to make that strong individually. Then we have a couple bubble. Now I want you to draw a circle around both of your bubbles. And what we're doing, and as I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, yeah, we're constantly managing all of our bubble and couple. Your individual, when my individual bubble is off, when I'm not controlling what I have control over and I'm trying to control him or whatever, then you can just like start to erase a little bit of my bubble. There's a break there. So I can see that there's going to be a little break in the couple bubble as well when there's a break in my individual. Mm. So rather than me jumping and going, Fix the couple bubble, dude. You're not showing up in this way. I got to go back to my individual bubble first and fix that. I'm very visual, so that's what I'm
0: seeing in my head right now. Hopefully, you are. I, I love that. that. I've never heard you describe it like that. Did you just make that up on the spot, or do you? No,
1: this is what I do with my clients.
0: <laughs> I like it. But like
1: that's that's how I see it, and it's like okay, I've got to do my work on me to become whole, like in healthy individual. Then. I go back to the couple bubble and go, okay, what do I need to, how do I need to show up healthy with
0: him? Okay. I love the visual with this. And I can tell you so many women are probably listening to this going, okay, but his bubble's got holes everywhere. Like he doesn't even have a bubble. Yeah. So they're going, well, then relationally, we can't have a secure relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Which is why each has to do their own work and the work has to continue.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's why he's got to be so in tune with himself and do the hard work in therapy and with the coach or both, all of it. Dig into the deep stuff. If you don't, there's going to be holes that show up. Even if the Even if you're both healthy individually, you've got the healthy couple bubble working, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say, I'm going to say it, Alana, and then you can, you can erase it. (laughs) But if he doesn't dig into his past, if he doesn't dig into his early trauma and really work on his healthy individual healing, I think holes are going to pop up.
0: Yes. I agree with that. Is it done trauma work? I have learned that trauma, our brain and body allow us to deal with trauma when we're ready for it. And so I've had clients before who we know there's trauma there. And for whatever reason, the timing, it's not time for them to work on their trauma. But we very clearly make it super known that at some point this will rear its ugly head in some way. And I, we don't have to go dig out the trauma and make it come up to work on it. Sometimes allowing that process to be organic allows it to actually move faster in the right time. And so, and I know for some of you who are hearing this, who like knows your partner has trauma, it's like, come on, like, do your work, do it when get to work. I don't want to deal with this later. And sometimes, like jumping right in can be exactly what you need. And all of the shakeup of all of this happening, it can be the right time. Other times there needs to be some either more growth or some more stability or just some more personal readiness to do that trauma work. But a hundred percent, the trauma will keep showing up in different ways until we address it. Yeah, And so just leaving that door open of, When I feel like that time is right, we want to address the trauma. And this is also for those partners who have had past traumas, Mm -hmm. where if you have had sexual abuse or molestation or parent, yeah, complex parental neglect, that's a trauma that we often overlook because so many people have had that. These type of things, they will impact your healing from your new trauma or current trauma and so doesn't mean we have to do it this second, but just open up space that at some point we really do want to do that trauma work because it will show up.
1: Yeah. And when it does, and that little, you got some holes there, you've got to do the work to fill them up and otherwise they just get bigger and bigger. Healing is always available. And I love that phrase, like hope and healing. There's always hope and healing. We have to actively choose it. It's not just going to happen. And I think a lot of times we're waiting for it to just happen.
0: We can't use it for other people. And we can't, I was just going to say, and you can't make the other person choose it. If we're trying to make the other person choose it, then we are being manipulative. And I say that very sensitively and cautiously because I know that's the last desire we have. But when we are trying to get people to feel or think and do things a certain way, because the That's what we want. Then we're falling into the line of manipulation and we don't want that. We want to show up healthy, which is allowing them room. It's giving our requests, letting them know where we're at, and then giving them room to choose whether they want to engage with that. And that's scary as hell. I'll just say that it is really scary because if they haven't shown up in the past It's scary if I don't take control and I just give them room to figure this out. What if they never come back? What if they don't choose me? What if they don't choose healing or recovery? That's hard and scary.
1: Very hard and very scary. And if they don't choose that, you don't have to stay. You, You get a choice on whether or not you stay while they figure out when they choose. Like, I think that's where a lot of women get stuck. When I have a lot of the, should I stay or should I goes it's the, well, like he knows he needs to do work, but he's not choosing to do work. And like you're saying, if he's saying it's not the right time to do the work and that he'll do it later and you get to decide and choose, do you want to wait? And maybe there's enough safety and there's enough of that healthy couple bubble showing up that you feel safe to wait and see. But if not, and that's what I'm gathering from this listener's letter, if there's not enough of that healthy couple bubble safety, then maybe you don't want to wait and you have a choice and it's not a wrong or bad choice. Just make a choice. And it's hard. Oh, ah, so hard. It,
0: It is hard. And it all comes back to where our power really lies. And that's within ourself and the choices that we make. And again, just that reminder that the more clear you get with yourself of who you are, will allow you to show up so much better and deeper relationally this person or anybody else in your life.
1: Yeah, so true.
0: This work is so worth it. It will benefit every relationship in your life and give more clarity. So Anything else we want to throw in there before I wrap it up?
1: No, I don't think so. Are you feeling okay? How's your bodyguard?
0: Yeah, my bodyguard's okay.
1: (laughs) Okay, mine too. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. Well, now that Amy and I's bodyguards feel (laughs) fairly satisfied, as much as you can feel for a 30-minute podcast, there's never enough time to hit every single aspect and angle that we think of and want to talk about. But thank you for joining us this week. Again, take what works for you. Make sure you're really sensitive with where you're at and wherever you are at in your healing journey is where you're supposed to be. And it's okay. And it's just one little baby step forward and being so kind and gentle with yourself as you heal. And Amy and I are cheering you on. We're in it with you. So thank you for being with us today. And thank you for being part of our conversation.
1: Thank you for listening today. We would love for you to leave a review on Apple podcast. Darn Spotify doesn't let you, but if you go to Apple podcast and leave a review, this really helps get our message out there and available to more who are searching for help and healing and where to go and get that help. So for those of you who have already left a review, thank you so much. It means a lot to us. Keep sharing the message. Of hope and healing as you continue to choose recovery, choose healing, and choose you. Take care, everybody.